Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Right now as we head out to the SDCCU fan hotline, uh, we uh, welcome Daniel Kaplan from the Sports Business Journal on this Thursday morning. And Daniel, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time today. Well, thanks for having me. Well, uh, let's start with Robert Kraft, because I do want to get into the Alliance of American Football, but could you kind of let us know exactly where this is at right now with Robert Kraft and the sex tape? He's trying to, he and his lawyer, obviously, uh, trying to get that suppressed to where it's not be uh, made uh, public. Uh, Where are they at in that process right now? Well, the prosecutor had said uh, they were going to, under state law, uh, divulge it, and the, the Kraft's lawyer got a got their, the judge in the case to uh, stay that that decision uh, at least until there's a court hearing. So that that's uh, suspended right now. Uh, the hearing's later this month. Uh, so we'll have to. I, I guess if you're interested in seeing it, you'll have to wait and see. <laughs> why are Why is the prosecution pushing so hard uh, to have that uh, tape made available? Uh, to the general public. Uh, to me, the man has already been shamed quite a bit in the media. Look, I don't disagree with you. Uh, and the, the prosecution's case uh, on sex trafficking has, has apparently fallen, fallen apart. The, the prosecutor has said that they are required to disclose the evidence under state laws, but it does seem like they are very heavy-handed in their treatment of, of this case. And uh, it's 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 uh both sides are dug in so i guess it's kind of tba to be announced uh going forward so we'll probably find something out in about 30 days uh well the hearing is uh i believe later this month so would would uh would know sooner than than that if i had to make a guess my guess is the judge will suppress the the videotape because there doesn't appear to be any journalistic reason i know there's some journalism outfits wanting wanting the tape but everything in the tape has been described we know what i mean we know what occurred we don't need to i mean i can't imagine there's anything in the tape that we need to see yeah i I know i'm not looking forward to that uh tape being uh uh put out there for public consumption there's no need to uh whatsoever they can handle the case however they want to handle it but i I don't think we we need to see what uh the particulars that went on on that sunday prior to uh, a playoff game daniel kaplan uh, from the sports business journal uh, nice enough to join us this morning on the sdccu uh, fan hotline let's get to the American uh, uh, Alliance of uh, Football because uh, I, I like the product. I'm disappointed that uh, the powers to be uh, so misguided uh, uh, and calculated what uh, they were going to be able to get done. I thought it was going to be definitely a, a league that would be around for about three years, but after filing Chapter 7 bankruptcy yesterday, it sounds like they're like $48 million in the hole. Well, I mean, they, they list uh, assets of, I believe, $11 million, so... Uh... It would be eleven million less than that, but yeah, they they are for a league that was in existence uh, for a few months. They're they're in the hole thirty thirty five odd million dollars. So it this is a classic case of a of a 
league that got to market too quickly. It tried to jump ahead of a competitor, the XFL. It did not have the capital. Uh, it had promises of capital, but that was very different than uh, having the capital in the bank, and that's a hard lesson I think the co-founders learned. Daniel, you know, one of the things I thought, and I'm going off of what I saw here from the San Diego fleet, um, and, and by the way, the fans here in San Diego were really uh, warming up to the San Diego fleet, and the, the people that went out really, uh, they enjoyed it. It was good uh, competitive football, um, but it seemed like they were running everything kind of out of the league office, and they were telling it was kind of a cookie cutter situation where every team was kind of doing uh, things very similar, and they they weren't necessarily looking at a certain market. This is the way you need to market in San Diego. This is the way you need to market uh, in other parts of the country. And I don't think they really gave the te- the people running the teams in in the different cities really the, the right game plan, nor did I think they gave them enough of time to really go out and, and try to bring in sponsors because the business aspect of it, the football on the field, I think we all agree, wasn't bad at all, and it was a lot better than most of us thought it would be. But the business aspect, least of all in San Diego, never really got started the way it would need to to uh, you know go long term. Well, th- this is what happens when you try to launch a league uh, in March of 2018 for February of 2019. Uh, I talked to many people in the buildup in the December-January period uh, who would not do business with this league uh, because they saw this coming. Uh, it was just way too rushed. I don't know if it was na- naive of Charlie Ebersol or something else, but it did not make a heck of a lot of sense, especially when the capital that he thought was coming in the door walked away in late December-January. That was Reggie Fowler, uh, somebody asked me the question the other day, why did they push through when the, the main capital backer had, had walked away? They found Tom Dundon, but obviously he, he, he was not the answer either. Explain Tom Dundon. You know, we heard he was going to toss in $250 million, <laughs> and then just a, a few weeks later, the league collapses. Well, when that number came out, we, we at Sports Business Journal quickly corrected it. That, uh, that, that was a farcical figure and Dundon actually got on the phone with us and sort of apologized that that number was floating around out there because he said he had his own friends calling him saying what are you doing are you crazy <laughs> um he you know he what he did was he acquired the league uh in in return not he didn't put any money in but he agreed to cover operating losses which during the seven weeks he owned it ran 50 60 70 million dollars uh, but he did not invest $250 million. That was a figure he said was sort of if he held on to it for a long period of time and they expanded to 32 clubs, he could envision spending that amount of money. Um, so, you know, the, the reports in mid-February that he put $250 million in, uh, which gave a lot of people confidence in the league, um, were completely erroneous. And clearly after he looked under the hood of the league, he didn't like what he saw. Daniel, was uh, the NFL ever really interested in partnering with the AAF? I think there was some interest. Um, I am told uh, those last-ditch talks between the NFL and the NFLPA and the AAF that there was some receptivity receptivity to it. Uh, I mean, because, look, uh, the the last players on the bench who aren't aren't getting practice time uh, or players who aren't, on, on squads. I mean, the NFLPA wants those those players to get competition. Uh, so does the NFL. 
Uh, I think the problem became that Dundon wanted more than that. He didn't just want a pipeline of players. He wanted the NFLPA and the NFL to pay for the insurance of the players, to pay even the salaries of the players, sort of akin to NFL Europe. And he would just be in the business of mar- marketing the league, not paying the players. So that that was a big problem. Uh, I'm told Bill Polian, the co-founder, thought they had a deal with the NFL and NFLPA, and Dundon just axed it, and uh, that's why Polian came out with that angry comment after the league folded. We're visiting with Daniel Kaplan from the Sports Business Journal, uh, joining us here on the SDCCU uh, fan hotline. You know, one of the things that that I would bring up, Daniel, and you know, I don't know if anybody's talked about it. You know, it, th- all these teams were basically owned by the league, and everything was being run out of the league office. And Bill Polian, and you mentioned Charlie Ebersol. Was there ever a thought uh, about actually selling the different uh, franchise to, to individuals? Well, there's two ways you can go about it. One is what's called the, the technical term is unitary holding structure, which is what uh, the AAF is, which is what the XFL is. Um, and then there's the individual team ownership, which is what you're, you're probably more familiar with, with with the other major sports leagues. The MLS is actually a unitary holding structure. They've just evolved where the teams have operators that are akin to owners. But the, the advantage is, of of uh, unitary holding structure is it's supposed to be more it's it's more cost efficient you can control where the players go you you don't have teams competing uh, on on payroll um, every everything essentially organized now of course you need to be have your 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 act together and you need to have capital and that was not the case with the AF you you mentioned the local marketing uh, they didn't have money for that uh, they didn't have time for that they didn't have the hires for that. I mean, I was talking to creditors who were calling me saying they couldn't even get a ca- – there were no accounts payable at these these teams. I mean, it's, it's nuts, crazy stuff like that. Uh, Charlie Ebersol, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you may uh, correct me on this, but wasn't he involved with Vince McMahon in the XFL once upon a time? His dad was, yeah, uh, okay. Dick Ebersol, um, and that was uh, through NBC Sports. NBC Sports and the XFL uh, – excuse me, and WWE – Co-owned the uh, the short-lived XFL in 2001, uh, and you know Vince McMahon. If you talk to him, as I have, he's taken a lot of lessons from that. And one of the lessons, ironically, was not to rush to market. And that is precisely the uh, the the sin that the AF did. They, I mean, if you go back and look at the history of it, in February 2018, McMahon announced he was going to launch the XFL. March of 2018. Suddenly, Ebersole has a press conference in New York that he's going to launch this thing called the Alliance of American Football. And here we are, 13 months later, talking about the bankruptcy filing. Do you think uh, the XFL has has a puncher's uh, chance this time to, to make a long-term uh, goal, uh, you know, of three, four, five years? I'm bullish. Uh, I've, and I've always said I was, I was bullish on the XFL and not on the Alliance, I, um, precisely because of uh, capital these leagues, it comes first and foremost, it comes down to money. The Alliance did not have it. The XFL has it through Vince McMahon. He's willing. He, he's willing to put up up to five hundred million dollars. Uh, he has. He has the money. He sold the WWE stock. Uh, he's hot. He's. They're playing in most, mostly NFL stadiums. Uh, 
very, very, which have significant costs, which shows you that they've got the capital there. They're, they've made impressive hires on head coaches, team presidents. They're, they're putting serious money behind it. The kind of moves you do not, we do not see with the AAF, except in the uh, few exceptions of head coaches. Daniel, a couple of other quick questions. Uh, you know, we had a, a real good coach here in San Diego, Mike Martz, and we know Steve Spurrier, and a lot, a lot of good coaches and a lot of uh, uh, good assistant coaches and coordinators in this league. Uh, as far as the coaches and players, did everybody get paid, or, or that's part of this whole uh, Chapter 7? No, they did not get paid. That's part of this Chapter 7. The list of creditors, Spurrier is on the list of creditors, for example, I, I don't ask me how much he's owed. I haven't. I, I I forget. But the list of creditors goes over a thousand pages, and that's because they're all the players, the coaches, anyone who did business with the the league. Uh, the, the big creditors are MGM, CBS, uh, Aramark, the concessionaire. But there are there are so many businesses that are owed a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. The hotels in San Antonio, where training camp was, there's over a million dollars owed owed to hotels in San Antonio. Mm. It's 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 if you're owed money by the AAF, the chances of you getting even pennies on the dollar are, are slim. All right, Daniel. After they filed that petition yesterday down in Texas for Chapter Seven bankruptcy, uh, what happens now? Well, it goes through the court bankruptcy pre- pre- proceedings and be a liquidation of the assets. There are. Some secured creditors, MGM is one, that uh, have first dibs on uh, property, which would uh, be, I, I assume, anything like uh, computers, office equipment. Uh, what happens to the IP is an interesting question, the intellectual property. That's a question a lot of folks have had about the the app that has been made about the, the amount of investments put into the gambling aspects of the AAF app. Uh, that will be something in the Washington Bankruptcy Court, what happens with that. Uh, IP. You know, obviously, uh, Charlie Ebersol has egg all over his face, but he also pulled in a, a pro football Hall of Famer and Bill Polian as well. He pulled in, I mean, you know, Heinz Ward was involved. You look at these head coaches. Uh, there are a number of uh, high-profile people. And one of the questions I've been asking, it's not its not just you know, the ones we've mentioned. I mean, CBS was CBS is owed $5 million. They're a creditor. They, they put their brand on the line with televising this league uh, uh, why why were so many people unaware of that this league was found, was foundering that, that it did not have the capital and uh, it's a question a lot of folks are asking themselves today uh, Daniel eight games they played you know everybody played eight games in this league totally folded it, it, that's mm-hmm. amazing to me it, you know they barely got into week two. Uh, I, I, if Dundon had not come in and bailed them out, uh, they would not have gotten to week two. Uh, the, why? Why? You know why they were pushing to even get into the regular season when their chief ca- uh, backer Reggie Fowler had had gone away. You know that's that's a question again to ask Charlie Edversall if he'll, he'll answer it. Why did you keep pushing this league forward when you didn't have the money? Absolutely unbelievable. Daniel, thanks so much for the time. I'll look forward to doing this again, and uh, keep up the great work. 
All right, well, thanks for having me. There you go, Daniel Kaplan from the Sports Business Journal joining us on the SDCCU Fan Hotline. You can nominate SDCCU, the best credit union, in the Union Tribune Reader's Poll daily at sdccu.com slash nominate. San Diego County Credit Union, it's not big banking, it's better. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.